Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. I'm Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Good morning, guys. <laughs> hey, good morning. Gosh, how is everybody? It feels like forever since I've seen both of you, all of us at the same time on camera. Well, you guys have been having all your adventures. I'm just happy to actually see you on camera. This is the first time we've recorded Cowgirls with Cameras and we can see your face. <laughs> you're moving. You're not a blur. You're not frozen and you're not delayed. This is going to be a whole new experience. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'll tell you the new internet. I'm just so giddy. I want to post about it on Facebook just so it's a memory so that it'll come up uh -huh. every single year. And I'll be able to say, yes, this was the week that I got <laughs> joined my new internet. The tech world. <laughs> that I joined the, the tech world. And yeah, we talked about on the business animal, it's quite the adventure to get it installed. The installer guys came. And when I greeted them at the door, I'm like, you guys have got a challenge for you. Because they had to run 574 feet is what the guy said. 574 feet of the cable had to go across the end of our lake. So they had to get my boat and we didn't have oars. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't have oars. How are you going to do this? I'm just shocked they did it. And what the guy said, he immediately said, he goes, I have shovels. We have shovels. It's not a problem. So they took their shovels to the boat and they shoveled their or shovel like or their way across the lake. And did you get any video? No, because I was I had a sick goat, and oh, so I right. noticed he was down when we walked out there to do that. I think he got butted too hard by another goat, and so I was with him the whole time that this was going on. So yeah, I'm kind of sad, but I needed to be where I needed to be. So the livestock takes precedence over my desire to document the... <laughs> so Kim, do they just lay the cable like through the lake then? It's just so the fish can nibble on it and everything? No, it's up in the air. There's poles. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know if it was like an underground, like nope. whatever you call oh, it thing. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I was totally thinking it was sinking down under yeah. the water. No, was, no, know, they have it. Vision of that. It's light poles. So it's put in by our electric co-op. So it's with our power. And so it's up above the lake. It's 574 feet from the pole across the lake to the pole in our yard. And huh. they shimmy up the pole. They had to get a ladder across the lake too. So it's been an adventure through this entire thing for the poor electric company because we don't have like a road that runs right up to our power poles. It's off of a really rural road and then it's through two people's property. So it's a challenge. The guy said, he goes, I'll tell you, he goes, you're not the most challenged we've had but you're close <laughs> well so I'm like, I okay. just am happy that for us that means that we're going to be able to actually have like really good conversations with you instead yes. of having to wait for the delay and I know wait for you to catch up and Phyllis and I are always one step ahead and now you're going to be caught up with us so <laughs> I know this is so yay it this is, is celebration day it is it's so exciting that was the only time I was ever one step ahead of Kim though so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're, you're screwed now yeah <laughs> I'm out of, I'm SOL now. <laughs> well, anyway, what else have you guys been up to besides Kim getting high speed internet for the first time? 
<laughs> oh, well, okay. I guess that was Kim's big news. That so. is my big news. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll talk about, I've been home since, uh, from Iceland and just trying to play catch up. Uh, I won't go into the details about everything I've been doing to play catch up as we all know about office work and stuff like that. But uh, gosh, I really, really had a great time over the 4th of July weekend. I got to go biking, swimming, hanging out with friends and family a lot, had people over for cookout Aww, on Tuesday. Nice. So we had a really four, a really great four-day weekend that I don't get to have very often here at home. So that was that was a lot of fun. But I think when this episode actually airs that we will all be in Montana at the Dry Head with yep. a really great group of photographers. I'm excited about seeing everybody. Some of them I know very well, some of them not so well, but I'm anxious to get to know all these girls even better. So I think we're going to have a great time. Personally, this ranch is one of my favorites. The family, the kids, the dogs, the horses, the scenery, they just, you know, they never disappoint. So from the dry head, I will go on to the Grand Ranch, north of Bozeman, to spend a few days photographing their new retreat center for their owner, Eartha Land, Lund. Sorry. Eartha is uh, like Kim. She's also a certified instructor with Touch by a Horse. And it's a really cool ranch because they use gypsy banners for most of the ranch work. So that'll be something a little different. And that's what I am and will be doing. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm excited to see you guys and Dryhead. I'm so ready for a trip that's photography related because I've done a bunch of family stuff over this summer. And I've been, you know, you guys know I've been coordinating camp for my 10 year old and we've had a ton of family living in Florida. People come visit you a lot in the summertime. So we've had a lot of family and they're all officially gone. So yeah, so I'm ready to get on the road and head to Montana and see you guys and be able to do some work in person. And I'm working on my shot list of things that I want to focus on myself while I'm at dry heads. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. So other than that, I had a viewing and ordering appointment this last week. So I'm designing a photo album and doing some last minute edits. I designed this really cute donkey picture for one of my clients' bathrooms. So we took a picture of her donkey and it's going to be a canvas in her bathroom and it says, hey there. And then it says like nice hee-haw or something like that. <laughs> and um, it's just super cute. I'll have to send it to you guys. It's adorable. So I'm really excited about that. Just doing fun things, it feels like this week. And I'm finally getting caught up. So just in time to go to Montana and get behind again on everything. <laughs> and then I'm already prepping for fall because that's when my season's going to start back up again. So I'm already doing all the kind of laying the foundation. So I'll be ready to get back from all the travel and start shooting fall and holiday sessions. So yeah, it's crazy. Cool. It's a crazy time. <laughs> That's awesome. Phyllis, I want to say one thing about what you said about Hertha. I love Hertha. She is the most amazing woman. And she has such an interesting story. She's got a book coming out. I don't know if you knew that. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm on the cover of her book. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not, cover? On, I'm, I'm not personally on the cover, but <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> my pictures, my pictures are on the cover <laughs> or her picture that I took. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wanted to mention is you said she's a certified instructor or we both are. We are not. We are certified oh, okay. gestaltists. We, okay. we sign a contract saying we don't teach it. So I just want to, uh, I want to well, clarify I guess, that. <laughs> I guess when I say instructor, I'm thinking that you're a you're a therapist. I'm not a therapist, but yeah, we're gestaltists. Yeah, yeah we're okay. certified gestaltists. But I didn't want anybody calling me saying, can you teach me how to do that? Because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I never even think about you teaching Touch by a Horse. I think of you more being practitioner. I, I therapist. Uh, practitioner. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. So yep, that's exactly Just terminology. Yes. I have been corrected. <laughs> I'm behind and I'm corrected today. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I just didn't want to get Hertha and I in trouble. It's not you. No. It's us. So anyway, okay. So are we really, what are we talking about today? It's kind of exciting. I'm excited to get started on our topic because I love it. Well, before we get into the topic, can you let folks know just real quick what we've got? Yes. Because I don't want anyone to miss out. So in large red print in front of me is the thing that yeah, I need uh -huh. to do. Yep. And um, <laughs> I got totally off track and Kara is like, Kim. Focus up, woman. Focus up. Get it together. So, well, we went so. out of order. If you want to, I'm going to give her some grace. We went out of order. Yeah, it's in bright red bold yeah. on the top of the page. Just, just come on, Kim. Don't just F so this you up. know, Kim, it's it's right in front of your face in a larger font than everything else. 
She got excited about the internet. Give her some. Give her, yeah. There's no delay, so I don't have time to think about it. So, anyway. Okay, so if you would like to join the chaos and humor of what is Cowgirls and Cameras like is on this podcast, this is how much fun we have in our events. It is laughter, it is joy, it is photography, it is art, it is so many amazing things that are available to you when you come to one of our events. And I want to tell you about three of our upcoming events this year that we still have some spaces for. And the first one is our Cottonwood event, and it's at the end of August in Nevada. And it's at a beautiful ranch called the Cottonwood Ranch Guest Ranch. And the family there is amazing. They are very good models and incredible hands. And it's got kids. It's got a ton of dogs, lots of cows, lots of really cool horses, and some really unique scenery that you don't always see in workshop photos. So we would love to have you come there. We have one coveted spot open for this event and would dearly love to get that spot filled for the ranch and for us and for some lucky person who gets to come with us. So if you're interested in that, the information is on our website at cowgirlswithcameras.com and you can fill out a little form there. This is an event where we do what we call an onboarding appointment with where we talk to you before you officially come to the event or officially sign up for the event. We are going to be assigning mentorships. There's mentorships ahead of this event. We're going to be doing that in the next week. So we would love for you to join us and to get on board with Cottonwood. Like I said, you won't regret it. If you're wanting to learn photography, take your photography to the next level. Or if you want to up your business game or get out of your own way creatively, this is the workshop to do it. If you want to add to your portfolio, this is the workshop to do it. So it's a great place to come. Reach out to us for that. If you have questions, you can get to any one of us on social media or through email or through the website. The other two events that we have, we have a unique experience coming up. It's a first time workshop in October in Colorado at the Trappers Lake Lodge. A photographer that came to one of our workshops has helped us set this up. It is at her family's campground, which I have had the privilege to stay at. Phyllis and Kara haven't seen the gorgeousness of this place, but it is in the true wilderness. And there's going to be opportunity to photograph in the wilderness as well as some ranches around the area. And if you want to talk about scenery, oh my word, this place is stunning. I mean, it literally takes your breath away. So it's beautiful. We have a couple of spots open for that workshop as well. That is not going to be highly educational workshop. You're going to come, you're going to shoot. We're going to have a lot of good laughter around fires and, and really enjoy ourselves in that particular event. And then in October, following that event, <laughs> Phyllis and I are going to be doing the workshop through Art of the Cowgirl in Oklahoma. It'll be at the Crossbell Ranch in Pahuska. I hope I say that right. I always second guess myself whether I say Pahuska right or not. But it's in Pahuska, Oklahoma, which and we've we talked to another ranch that we're super excited about shooting at. The family is there is amazing. And I know the place that we're staying at is amazing. So it's going to be a really interesting, beautiful experience. It will be a little more educational than a workshop or retreat kind of situation. So it's kind of more of a workshop or clinic. And again, if you're wanting to learn photography or if you're wanting to branch out into doing more photography, build your business, all of the above, it would be a great place for you to come. And I believe, Phyllis, it's the second weekend in October, the 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in there, 14th, 15th, 17th. Yes. The actual event is the 13th, 14th, and 15th. We are checking in. Our group will check in the, because lodging is included, we'll check in the 12th of October. So think about coming with us to a fun event and come laugh with us and shoot with us and have fun and enjoy the, all the pretty horses. I think that if you want to network, we're talking about networking today as a topic. So it's a perfect opportunity to network with other photographers. <laughs> Beautiful segue, Kara. Beautiful segue. Yeah, thank segue. you. I've been sitting here waiting to do that. So. 
<laughs> so networking. So this gets me on my soapbox a little bit because I have been a professional business person, entrepreneur for 30 years. And a lot of what I have done over those years is help small businesses just like photographers, as a matter of fact, a whole bunch of photographers, market their businesses out into the world. And one of the most common things that I hear people say is, I just don't have enough business, or I'm worried there isn't enough business for me to be able to have in this area, or how do I get customers, or I get those questions, and people get very frustrated with that. And they get frustrated with figuring out how to get clients. And then social media came along and everybody was like, oh, yeah, I can just post on social media and that will get me all the clients I need. And then they felt like failures when that didn't happen. So networking to me is way more than social media. It's way more than putting a few posts out there. It is getting out and talking to people. It's boots on the ground. It's chatting about your business. It's telling people about your business. It's speaking about your business. It's becoming the biggest advocate for your business that is out there. And so because it's so important, and I do a lot of instructing for businesses, I have an entire workbook around creating your network. And for me, there are three parts to the network that you should create for your business. The first one is going to help sustain you. The second one is going to be with businesses that are complementary to yours that are going to be your joint venture partners. And then the final network is with your customers and where they're at. And the structure of our episode today is that each of us are going to take that particular topic and get you a little bit more, get you some inspiration and education around what you need to do to build your network in each of those three areas, because all three of those areas are very, very important. As a solopreneur, which most photographers are, sustainability is really, really important because it's hard. And I know Kara's talked about this. I believe Phyllis has as well. I know I have. Being a solopreneur is hard, right, Kara? You talk about a lot. I always say I feel like I'm on my own little island. Yeah. Because you spend so much time alone. And, you know, when you're not with your clients, it's, it is. It's very lonely. And you kind of feel like you're writing your own playbook sometimes. And that does not have to be the case. You don't have to be alone in your single business ownership. No, you don't. And the very first part of your network and probably some of the easiest part of your network to build is going to be building a group of people around you, a support system, a sustainable system yep. that I call your sustainability squad. And it's composed of some different people. And I'm going to run those down really quickly. We have a business animal episode on this, I think. So we're going to refer you in the show notes of this episode to some of Kara and I's podcast episodes where we like super deep dive into a couple of the topics that we're sort of mentioning in this podcast. But I'm going to run over the members that you need to recruit for your sustainability squad. These are the people that are going to support you. And that support is absolutely critical in you being sustainable as a solopreneur and not feeling like you're out on an island or that you don't have the answers or that you're not able to navigate this without support and help from other people. So the number one person, people, group of people, you may have multiple people in these roles or you may have one or two, is your mentors. These are people who are usually paid. They help you understand very specifically about what you're trying to accomplish. They are the ones that have walked the path you're on themselves, and they're a representation of your future vision. In photography, mentorship is such an important piece of learning photography because there's only so much of this art and science that you can effectively get from a book or from a video course. Having a mentor is one of the best ways to learn photography. It's one of the reasons why we offer it with our higher end workshops and experiences. And it's also why all three of us are mentors. You can find out about our own mentorship programs on our website. It's such a crucial part 
of photography. The next group that I'm going to talk about are teachers. Those are people who give you a very, very specific skill. Again, they're usually people that are paid or where you're attending things in a classroom situation. I think all three of us step into that role during our events where we're actually teaching and helping you hold a camera and figure out where everything is at. That's a very specific teaching piece. Teachers are different from mentors as mentors or where you want to go. Teachers have very specific knowledge they need to impart about a, one area of what you're learning. It can't be the same person, by the way. The next group is coaches. Coaches aren't necessarily in your same, like they don't need to be photographers. But what they do is they're the people who help you realize your potential. They're the ones that are going to push you, hold you accountable, and I can tell you in my own business, I don't think I really reached success until I started working with coaches. Coaches are the people who will get the best out of you. They don't need to be other photographers. They can be anybody in the coaching world can help you get what you want to get out of your life. Another set of people that you need to attract or go out and recruit are advisors. These are people like insurance agents, lawyers, accountants, IT professionals, bankers, financial advisors. And they're the people in your business and even in your creativity who are going to be able to advise you about specific things that you don't want to learn every detail of. So I don't want to know everything about insurance. I have an insurance agent that I trust to be able to answer those questions. And then the final, well, no, I have two more groups. One of the most important groups that you will recruit to advance your business is a sponsor. And that's the next group I want to talk about. Sponsors are the people who go out into the world and tell people about you. Now, here's the thing. We are cowgirls with cameras. And although I know there are men that listen to this podcast, I'm going to guess that the mass majority of people who listen to us are women. And as women, culturally, we struggle with asking for sponsors. Please, please, please get a coach to help you figure out how to recruit sponsors into your business. These are the people who are going to move you forward the fastest. They're the people who go out and tell their entire barn how wonderful of a photographer you are and get everybody signed up to be on your photography list at that barn. That's an example of how a sponsor would work. They're amazing people. They're oftentimes, they do it just out of the goodness of their heart or because they want to see you be successful. And it's really important that you reward these people with a lot of thank yous and appreciations because they're really an important part of your growth and expansion in your business. And then the final group of people that you need to recruit are your cheerleaders. Those are people who are going to tell you on those days when things look like they're going to hell in a handbasket that it's going to be okay, that you can do this. They're there to celebrate your wins when you have a really good day or they're there to celebrate and clap when you show them that photo that you did and you're going to go hang in a person's house that you're so excited about. They're just an amazing group of people and they don't need to have anything to do with your photography. A lot of times they're your friends and family, but it's important that you recognize them and that you actively seek out that process for the rah, rah, rah. So what do you guys think of all of that? I know Kira's heard it before, but I don't know if Phyllis has heard my whole spiel about sustainability squad. In terms of networking, which of those people in your squad do you think are the most essential to have in your corner? I think your sponsors for business building and your mentors mm -hmm. for personal growth. I think that those two categories in this are so, so very important. For me, sponsors are who have leapfrogged my career forward. I mean, they're like rocket fuel. Let me give you an example. I had a client that years and years and years ago, I did photographs for her one time. And she hired me to do just that photography shoot. But when she saw my work, 
She was so excited about what I had done that she contacted like 12 or 15 other people and set up photo shoots for me. She talked to me, by the way, she didn't do this without my complete input in it. She asked me, she said, I have these friends. They all live in a row on the East Coast. I would love to have you work with all of them. I'd like to make these introductions and tell them about you because I think you're very talented and I would love to see your work more out into the world. It was right at the beginning of my photography career and I was able to work at some really nice barns that I probably would not have gotten into otherwise. And I would have never met the people. They weren't within my personal reach of a network. And it did. It leapfrogged my entire world forward, especially in the market that that was in. So I think sponsors are incredibly important. And I think mentors are the people who, like I said, they've walked the path before you. So they're Mm -hmm. able to help you navigate where you want to step and also to give you a good map to where the landmines are that might derail you. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And Kim, are you going to, you have a workbook around this that I have seen and played with. I do. And also on what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Are you planning on making that available at some point? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. So we'll make sure we can share that. We are. And I'll tell you what, we're going to put it in our link in bio. We're going to put the link on our Facebook account, but we're going to put the link in bio on Instagram. So if you go to our, I'm hoping you go to our social media while you're there, make sure you like Mm -hmm. and follow and maybe hand us a few comments. Yeah, they'll be available and it gives you step by step where you might find these folks, how you work with them, and gives you an opportunity to work through how to build out this part and also the part of your network that Kara is going to talk about, which is your joint venture squad. So the joint venture people are incredibly important. That's another another group that is definitely added to my bottom line. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Go ahead, Phyllis. I was just going to ask, is that going to be a freebie, Kim, or is that... yeah? It's free. Uh, okay, awesome. That's yep. wonderful. Thanks for doing that. No worries. It's pretty helpful. I used it originally too. I sat down and went through the whole thing and was like, who are my people? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then, and kind of thinking about what role they play in my life as a business owner. So it was kind of neat and it kind of showed me where I was pretty strong and where I was weak, where I could maybe do a little more networking work and building and pulling people in. So it was a cool experience. That's something I've never really, I mean, I know I have a network, yeah, but I don't specifically think about it like you guys do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, and I never did either until we had this conversation when we talked about Sustainability Squad on the Business Animal Podcast. As far as what I call sponsors are my past clients. They're all my sponsors because that's how I got most of my referrals was from past clients. And I guess I consider that a sponsor. I don't know if that's right or not, but. It is. It is to an extent. But I would say you have other sponsors. I would say both Kara and I sponsor you. I know that all three of us sponsor each other. I think if you ran into somebody on the road that you thought would be a good fit for me, you would sponsor me. And I know if I found somebody that wanted something specific that I thought either you or Kara could fulfill, I would definitely sponsor you to them. Sponsors are the people who, like you meet them at the photography clubs that say, you know, I bet your work would look beautiful in this gallery. Let me go talk to them. And here's the thing. When I talk about women struggling with sponsors, here's the thing. When people say that, like, wow, you're really talented. I think your work would look beautiful at this gallery that I go to. The point is, is not to go, oh, that's nice. The point is to say, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Could you introduce me to the gallery owner? Or do you think you could? And this is the terms that, you know, put in a good word for me for being able to do that. You know, tell people who I am. It really is. Years ago, I had this boyfriend who's like, it's all about who you know. And and I always thought he was um, full of something. But 
you know, in actuality, that was one thing that he said that was right. <laughs> it really is a lot about who you know. And that's where those sponsors come in. And it, it can just move your business and you light yours forward in where you're going when somebody walks in and says, oh, you need to work with this person or I know this individual and they would be a great asset for your gallery, for your barn, for your business, whatever it happens to be. It really does make a huge difference. When you walk in, you already are liked and appreciated and are seen in a totally different light than somebody who would be a stranger that walked in off the street. So ask for sponsorship, guys. That's the bottom line to it. When people show an indication of wanting to sponsor you or wanting to talk about you, bend over backwards to encourage that and give gratitude for it, give them everything that they need to be able to go out into the world and tell people about you. Yeah, we really do have to sometimes to do a better job of like reinforcing that. Because yeah. I had a time recently where one of my clients, we hung artwork in her home and she's like, oh my God, I love this so much. I want to have a little party and yep. have my equestrian friends over and do a sip and see, but do it for my artwork on my walls. And I would love to have you come. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a fun idea. But I never, like I didn't follow up with it because that would have been a really great opportunity for me to say, hey, were you serious about that? I think that would be a lot of fun. I would really love to help you put that together and be a part of that. Because for me as a business owner, that would have been putting me right in front of well, yeah, it's not potential too late. customers. It's not too late, Kara. You can still I do know. That. <laughs> it's not too late. I just, it's like, it's a courage thing sometimes. It like is. Kim is saying, like women sometimes aren't the best at stepping into those opportunities boldly and bravely and making it happen for ourselves. It is. Yeah, it's it's a struggle. We tend to kind of wait and see if it'll just happen for us. So yeah, that's such a good point. Yep. So I'm going to talk about another part of networking called joint ventures. And I love this part of networking. And for me personally, the time and effort that I have put into establishing joint ventures with other like like-minded business owners has been probably the fastest way that I scaled my photography business early on. Just to give kind of a definition, joint venture collaborations can allow photographers entrance into new markets and they put you in front of new potential customers. They also give you potentially access to specialized staff, unique equipment, and they create an opportunity for problem solving that can really go beyond what you can even think possible. So I've got some examples here, which I'm going to go over in a second. But I just want to say that in my experience, joint ventures have provided an opportunity for cross-promotion that has brought me so much value and has brought new clients and has just really added value to even the clients that I already have. So there's just some really cool things that you can do there. I feel like that my experience with joint ventures has given me new knowledge they can help you if you've got staff or you're working with people, they can help you cross-train staff. The technology piece can't be understated because I've done joint ventures where maybe I didn't have access to certain gear or certain equipment or certain spaces. And by teaming up with other business owners, I was able to gain access to that space because they had access to that space. And the problem solving side of joint ventures is something that as a solopreneur, sometimes you get, you know, I say you're on your island, you're on your island. But having the problem solving piece of that and being able to have another like-minded business owner, maybe not a photographer, maybe it's somebody that does something totally different, but is in your, you know, for, for me, it would be the equestrian world. Maybe they're in the equestrian world and they know something about horses that I don't know. And we can go back and forth and work together to problem solve. That's been huge. So the big key about this is that you've got to be strategic. So you've got to really think about who you want to and who you need to form a joint venture with. I think about looking for businesses that complement what I do. So businesses that complement my photography business and businesses that align with my brand and to some extent how I view the world and how I navigate my client experiences. So I'm going to look for other businesses that maybe are in the equine industry or in a closely relatable industry 
but they're people that I feel I can build a good relationship and that people that when I look at them as business owners, I respect the work that they're doing. I value the work that they're doing and they're not something that's going to make my brand look bad, if that makes sense. So I like the way they work their businesses. I respect the way they run their businesses. And I feel like that meshes and lines up well with mine. So here are some examples of joint ventures that I have seen other photographers do, and I'm going to share them with you. And also there's a couple here that I've done personally that I want to share. The first one is a horse photographer that joins up with an equestrian club to photograph events. So for me, early on in my photography business, we have a horse council. I become a member of the horse council and I sponsored an event really early on. So I photographed the event and as part of that relationship, as the photographer, I provided images to them for marketing, but the council then put my information on their website, a direct link to my website. They put me as a sponsor for the council so that when horse people that were new to the community or in the community looking for equestrian businesses that were trusted by the community or by the council, they would see me listed there as the photographer of choice. And that was a really good mutual way that we were helping each other out. And it brought me early on a bunch of business and it brought me a ton of new relationships within my local community. Another joint venture that I formed at one point that I really enjoyed was I joined up with a local fashion boutique. So this was a place downtown. They are not horse people. They're not, it's not in the equestrian community, but I had needed access to beautiful clothing and wardrobe for my clients. And I wanted to have some options there. So I reached out and I suggested, how about we join up and you style models and I will photograph them. So it's a win-win for both of us. My clients look great. They've got great clothes. And then she's getting people in her clothes. I can help provide you with images. You're providing the clothing and the styling. And that was a really great way that we came together. It saved us both money. We both were invested financially together. And we had a contract between the two of us to do a certain number of shoots. And it went really, really well. The third one I want to share is another one that I have done personally, and it's still a joint venture that I have today, where I joined with a hair and makeup artist, Kira with Onsite Muse, Phyllis and Kim. I know you guys have met Kira. And she provides hair and makeup to equestrian clients that I work with. And she also refers her clients to me for horse photography, but I refer anyone that I come in contact with that needs hair and makeup to her. And that's been really beneficial for her because she has had a lot of my clients that I've worked with work with her for our equestrian shoot, but then also go back to her for their wedding, go back to her when they do family portraits and they need other hair and makeup needs met. But for me, she has come out and she's done a really great job. She offers a discount package to my clients that's included with their portrait session. And she's also done hair and makeup for our horses on the beach workshop at a discounted rate just so that our models are really beautifully styled for some of those shoots. And then a couple other examples of photographers in joint ventures, wedding photographers. So those of you that are listening that do some weddings, joining up with wedding planners to offer packages to engaged couples who are planning a wedding. The photographer can provide like a customized package and then in return, the wedding planner refers clients to the photographer. And then I think those are the ones that I have here. Do you guys have any other examples of joint ventures in the photography world that you really have enjoyed? Yeah. Our joint ours. ventures. <laughs> ours. Oh, cowgirls <laughs> with cameras. Well, or like, like in the beginning, I teamed up with you, Kara, to do the horses on the beach workshop. Yep. And Kim, I teamed up with you to do the winter yeah. workshop. Yeah. And I mean, then that just one thing led to another. And then here we are. Yeah, <laughs> I have a great team up with Equine Photographers Network for Powderhorn with Korean shippers. We do a retreat or two out there every year. And we do joint ventures with ranches too. I know Korean teams yes. up with like the horse drive people and stuff like that. Endless opportunities. Yeah, that I mm -hmm. dabble in in my world 
photography is one of the best ones for joint ventures. And you can think outside the box, right? So I'm going to give you an example of a photographer that I think that outside of the box for a joint venture. So I belong to a group of people called the Wellness Consortium in Kansas City. And it's a bunch of wellness practitioners who've gotten together, have meetings, were led by a wonderful woman named Michelle Robin, who has a great vision for all of this. But there's a photographer who identified an opportunity. And I think this kind of crosses over into what Phyllis is going to talk about here in a moment about networking with your customers, right? She wanted to work with people in the wellness space. So she started inserting herself into all of these meetings. But now she got a joint venture project with the actual consortium itself and did headshots at several of the meetings. And she's been doing all of my photography, like my photography for my businessy kind of stuff. And she's just an amazing little photographer. Her name's Corey Brown, and she's gotten a ton of interest. And then the joint venture just boosted her right on up. She got to meet a whole bunch of new customers, and it was just a big deal. So joint ventures are so much fun. And I got to tell you, I am feel gifted and in, always in gratitude of this joint venture that the three of us do together. So I don't know where my life would be without it. So they can Aww. be very important to you. <laughs> that seems a little extreme. Oh. You don't love us that much. <laughs> Her life wouldn't be nearly as enriched and full without us. Yeah, probably less stressful though. <laughs> I'm thinking you guys would have less stressful life without me in it. That, that too. That too. <laughs> I, I think I'm the one that always causes the stress. No, not so much. Oh, well. I do enough of that on my own. I don't need somebody else to, to create it for me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so all the things we've talked about up to this point really have been about you going out and working with like other businesses or very specific people. It's finding your customers through somebody. Phyllis, I think you're going to help us understand how to just go directly to the customers, right? Well, it depends on what your market is too. I think going where your customers are and positioning yourself as an expert is greatly beneficial, no matter what kind of photographer you are. I know years ago when I, I was kind of just starting my professional career, actually, I guess I was more of an advanced photographer at that point. I joined a site called betterphoto.com and it was a contest website where you upload your images and you put them into the theme for the, you know, whatever theme it might be for that month. And they have a contest every month. They had each theme had a first place and then they had an overall winner and that kind of thing. And I tell you what, by joining in and being active on this site, <laughs> I got so many great connections that turned out to be so useful to me to this very day. I even got a big gallery showing in Ohio from being on Better Photo. I got numerous jobs from being on Better Photo. I formed so many friendships that I went and shot with and learned from. And all these are networking and making connections. And I think that's beneficial is to entering photo contests is a great way to get your work seen, but not only to get your work seen, but to be seen as an artist and to form more connections that way as well. And I know at first it can be scary, <laughs> but just jump out there and start doing it and you'll get better. And the more you learn too, I really think that entering photo contests, because sometimes they do critiques or they may tell you different things about what they did or didn't like about your work. And that's very helpful. I think constructive criticism is hugely important to us to grow as photographers and artists. I think find relevant networking events and workshops, workshops or retreats or tours to do like what we have, whether you join in with Cowgirls with Cameras or go to another workshop, that's a huge part of networking. I know it was for me at first because professionally, they used to call me the workshop queen because I went to so many. <laughs> but it gave me a great opportunity to meet people, to photograph things I wouldn't have otherwise yeah. got to see and to meet and, and to learn. So I think that's something that we, even now in this point in my career, I still go to other people's events to do things and see things that I would not have been able to do otherwise. I think you can meet a lot of people through them and then follow up on these connections too. I think you'll make lifelong friends and huge networking part of my business has been workshops. Treat every conversation you have with these people as an opportunity to allow people to see the person behind the camera. I think that's real important. 
especially with the day of social media and everything. And be a really good listener. <laughs> I think don't always just talk about yourself. You know, listen to the person you're engaging with and be as interested as you are interesting. <laughs> Join local camera clubs. I think that's another one that's really good too. I used to be a member of a couple of big ones here in Georgia. I kind of fell apart I fell away from those because they were just too far away from me. But there's also a great site called meetup.com where you can find photography events that are local to you that might be more specific to what the type of photography you enjoy, whether it be landscape or macro or equine photography. I think that's a great site. It's called meetup.com. Meetup.com. I'm going to check mm -hmm. it out. I haven't I haven't heard of that one. Sounds like a dating site. Sounds like something you single ladies would be. Uh... Yeah. You've heard of it, haven't you, Kim? Yeah. Yeah, it's, Hanging it's pretty out big. <laughs> it is it's pretty big here in Georgia. I don't know about in your states, but it's big here in Georgia. I've generated many connections by speaking at local photography clubs, not just local. I've done one, a couple in North Carolina and South Carolina as well. I'm also a member of a local artist gallery, which is a great network locally. I think it's great to have a good online presence too, but I don't mean just just social media. You need to have your own personal professional website and showcase your very best work and the services you offer and ways for people to contact you. Of course, be sure to include links to your social media accounts where they can follow your day-to-day -day work or your recent projects. Social media has been a highly beneficial aspect to networking in my business. I don't think I'd be where I am if it wasn't for Facebook and Instagram. I mean, maybe I would. I just would have had to work a lot harder. <laughs> don't forget to connect and engage with these people that are your followers as well. It's a really important aspect of networking is don't just, don't just put your work up there and then when somebody comments, ignore them. Go in and tell them thank you or, or follow them and go and look at their work and see what they're shooting. Or even if it's not, it may not even be another photographer. It may just be... It may be a potential client, a portrait client, or a ranch or something that you want to go shoot at. So you never know where this is going to lead. I think it's really important to be a member of and to be active in photography organizations such as Professional Photographers of America, EquinePhotographers.net, Calgary Artists of America. I'm sure there's others too. These are just some of the highlights I'm thinking of. Cowgirls with Cameras. It's important to be a member of all of these organizations. And don't overlook the importance of connecting with other photographers. Don't look at them as your competition. Yes. Uh, collaboration, partnerships, and referrals are all important perks of these friendships. I think that's about all I have to say. <laughs> I think that is huge, that piece about other photographers. Like, we can have a tendency to think of other photographers. Of course, if they're in your local area or they're serving your demographic, there's a level of competition there. But I can't tell you as a photographer how many times I have sent clients that have contacted me down the road to other people because they're just not a good fit for my business. And I think we can recognize that a lot of us offer very different things. I mean, the three of us alone, we're equine photographers, but we do something totally different, you know, in our businesses. Yeah, I've had people out of state that contacted me for a job and it yeah. was just going to cost way too much money yep. for them by the time they pay for my travel. And I would refer them to another photographer. So please don't overlook these connections. And because they could do the same for you one day. Yep. You know, like I don't have a lot of desire to be a traveling equestrian portrait photographer. Like I've got a family and I've got right. a little kid that I'm taking. You know what I mean? Like I have a son that I need to be home more. So for me... I get requests from out of state all the time because I have a nationwide audience and they don't always realize that I'm not a traveling equestrian photographer. So what will happen for me is that piece about the Equine Photographers Network, for example, you know, being a member and getting on there and being active, I will go when I get those requests, I will go on to EBNet search the area, find them a couple of photographers, send them the information, shoot those photographers and notice, hey, heads up, just referred some in your way. Hope they're a good fit for you. That can happen to you too. You know, as you know, listener out there, that can happen to you too. If you're open to the fact that you can still network and collaborate and joint venture with other photographers, don't view them necessarily as your competition that you always have to be out there being better than them all the time. Yes. Okay. Is there anything else you guys want to add? I think I just jumped on my little soapbox. Kim got <laughs> off of hers and I jumped on mine. <laughs> it's sort of fun to be on the soapbox, isn't it? 
The only other thing I have to just reiterate that I know we've already mentioned is that if you're building your business, all of this is so important. It sustains you. It helps you network with other businesses and other like-minded people. And also just really get involved in going where your customers hang out. I mean, wherever they are, you need to be showing up talking about your business and there's dedicate time to this. Oh, I have one other thing I want to mention for our poor introverts who are like, no, I don't want to network. It's scary and horrible. So please be kind to yourself. Take a moment and say, I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to meet five people. And then I'm going to go home and read a book under my covers for two days. You're fine. Take care of your introvert. Another really good thing that you can do is find an extrovert buddy who can go start the conversations for you that's always a good idea for introverts but you can do this and rah 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 if you believe you can't do it our dear Kara here is a big introvert and she does this and does it very effectively but she also has a good self-care plan to come home and make sure her introvert is well cared for so don't let it scare you off myself yeah and that's so what you I set a goal. If I have an event that I have to go to, and I say have to because I never want to go to events, like I'm never like, yay, that sounds like fun. Never. Like I don't, I do not enjoy going to networking events at all. So if you're listening, me either, Kara, yeah, at all. <laughs> but I understand how important they are. So if I'm invited to one, I first of all, don't just say no. Because the first thing that pops into my head is, say, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't make that. I have another response and it's usually something like, oh my gosh, please give me some more information. That is the first state. That way I'm not saying no. And then I give myself time to think about it. I get the information. And then if I decide I'm going to go, I set a plan. You're going to stay for 30 minutes. Check box one. Maybe I'll stay longer. If I do, great. That's a win. I'm going to talk to X number of people I don't know because I will walk around with the two people that I know the entire time and not meet new people. I'm horrible about meeting new people. So I will make it a goal to maybe meet five new people. And even if it's just say hello and to just briefly chat with them, that's my goal. And I have found that if I push myself with a limit that I don't have to go beyond if I don't want to, I have had some amazing conversations and made connections that I would never have made before. So if you're an introvert like me, try that and see how that feels for you. Set yourself some little goals. If you go above and beyond, you can be super proud of yourself. If you hit your goal, you still get to go home, curl up in your blankets and disappear and go in your little introvert world and recover, but you still did a good job. So that would be my little piece of that. Yes. And and I'm the twisted one of the three of us that can't wait to go to the party. I'm thinking of the Art of the Cowgirl thing a couple of years ago. They have a big (laughs) schmoozy party at the end of the day. And- that's funny that you bring it up because I was just thinking about that too is that how we would go and sit at our little table and and Kim's wandering around like yeah a butterfly. and I'm like that's a good one I need to make it a point to try to talk to five people before I go crawl into it bed it doesn't have to be five it could be two people <laughs> and <Yeah>. just whatever <laughs> and then meet them and then make it a point to ask them questions to learn what they do and it's like you said Phyllis you treat every conversation like it could be a potential connection or client down the line and and if you can handle those conversations that way, like what you learn about people and how they're connected to other people. It's been so valuable, but I, as an introvert, have to make myself do those things. So I have to set some rules to get myself to do those things. I'm going to be better at Art of the Cowgirl this year. Yeah, the extrovert friend goes and blows through all the rules and says, we need to stay here for two hours and talk to everybody. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But yes, so enjoy networking. It is such a good way to build your business. And if you'll dedicate some specific time, really pinpoint into finding the networks, building your sustainability squad, getting to know your customers, doing joint ventures, your business will leap forward. Your abilities as a photographer will leap forward. It is just such a big part of what we do in building up our cred as an artist and as a photographer. So nice job, guys. (laughs) Thank you all for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. 
Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.